I I agree. I see where you're coming from, but I don't think that the best fast food restaurant that represents Harley Quinn in the real world is Wendy's. I think it might be Burger King. Oh, come on, man. She's easily a Taco Bell. <gasps> really? Like, but why? What do you... Bon, bon, what do you think? Well, I mean, I mean, she definitely used to be McDonald's, but then mm. she broke up with the clown. Right. Right, so, because... Oh, that's a very clown, good point. Yeah. Hold so up, hold from- up, hold up. We're doing this all wrong. We gotta start from the beginning. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, wait, we've... Like, we, we're on our third con... We've been doing this show for, like, an hour. What do you, what do you mean? Wait, we... We have? Did you not hit record? Oh my god. Oh, we were supposed to be... Re- oh. Oh. Oh, Jesus. shit. Oh god. I'm sorry, guys. Boy, I'm gonna... St- my face is so red. Oh, I'll hit I'll hit record now. We'll start the show. It'll be, it'll be normal. I swear to god. Every I swear time. to god. God damn it. And we should probably cut this fast food context. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. I'm always up for this movie. It's yeah, a, it's I would totally. It's a movie. It's great. Yeah, it's comfort food. It's very what good. What we ended up doing was just uh, opening it up on Voodoo and fast-forwarding through the entire thing <laughs> just to remember the beats, smart, all, smart. all beats. And I, I, you know, I'm, I remembered most of it, which felt good. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Like, there, it is a disjointed sort of thing mm-hmm. in that there are just a lot of events <laughs> that take mm-hmm. place that don't have a lot of characters a hyper conventional structure and characters mm-hmm. introduced and de-introduced in ways that are also not very uh <laughs> conventional that's such a nice way of like describing like killing off killing a character someone. is they're like de-introducing <laughs> this character <laughs> it's allow like me to de-introduce myself <laughs> it's a suicide note allow me Jay-Z. to de-introduce myself <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs> Uh, welcome to Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen. Each episode, we watch a movie and then we talk about it through a series of randomly generated critical contexts given to us via our contextual computer. It's going to tell us to talk about movies that we like. Like, you know how you talk about movies sometimes? Well, we do it in like a way that a computer tells us how, and we don't know what that's going to be yet, so bear with us we're going through this too um I'm, this is such a bad start but all right welcome to 2021 everybody mm. shit's already bad <laughs> uh, uh, i was like the first week of 2021 definitely isn't going to be as bad as the first week of 2020 <laughs> well i mean i guess technically there isn't a continent that's entirely on fire this time so yeah yeah that's a win yeah. sort of God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> joining me on this adventure of filmic robo discovery, 
which is to say that a robot is discovering what we're going to be talking about with this film, I guess, uh, are my dear friends and co-hosts, Mr. Matthew Vaughn. Hello. And David Gucci. Once I matched on Bumble with somebody who was into robo-discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? How'd that work out? Oh, it was great. Uh, I just Googled a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's what it meant, apparently. Okay. All right. That's not bad. Everybody's got good. a kink. uh speaking of kinks folks we are talking about one of 2020's biggest pre-covid blockbusters uh wait a minute this is a 2020 movie this sure is this is one of the last movies i saw in theaters before they closed all the theaters down yeah Oh. Sadly, not the last movie I saw in a theater, because that would be Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel. Yeah. At least um, it wasn't Sonic. Yeah, that was right before. <laughs> Honestly, um, Sonic probably would be it would be better. At oh, least, yeah. yes. At least then I could justify it, you know, because I have a Sonic t-shirt. You know me, I've got Sonic you stuff. You love that little fast guy. <laughs> that little fast boy. And it's, you know, Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah, gotta support that. And team. a list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really love anything else about it, but it's great. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Carrey is actually pretty good. Anyway, but this is a different movie. Think of another big blockbuster from 2020 from before before everything shut down, and that would be this film, Birds of Prey. Oh, shit, I should have memorized the full title because I don't remember. Uh, or, the fan- and the, or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Is that right? That it. Yep, that's right. Fuck yeah. Nice that job. was by the brain. Five dollars for you. Ooh, I will take that. Uh, <laughs> I will hold you to that. I will remember this. Um, telltale the Game Telltale style. Game Justice. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the Telltale Games notification just popped up when you said you would give me five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now this is it. Telltale game, but it's just about lending your friends money and whether or not they remember that you lent them money. <laughs> I really like the idea of a Telltale game style. Like a te- if Telltale were to make a game about like like a stoner comedy mm-hmm. and like the remember thing, and then it just like mm. fades away. It's like actually no, no like they won't. <laughs> yeah, they just won't te- Telltale this. never tells us when they won't remember something. <laughs> <laughs> Release the tapes, Telltale. I want to see when will they not remember. I what I like about it is that it's it's also their way of telling the players like okay remember this for later because otherwise the yeah. plot isn't going to be that interesting. Yeah. Right. What what it truly should say is hey, this is a computer game and this might matter later. <laughs> but hey, this is a potentially significant choice. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Birds of Prey, uh, the. Warner Brothers DC comics film about Harley Quinn, the uh, who, who sort of started as like a sidekick character to the Joker. Now she's getting her own movie where she's out there. She's broken off from the Joker. She's gotten getting a whole team of, of, of cool, badass ladies together from within Gotham to, to there's a diamond... <laughs> there's there's Ewan McGregor having oh the time of his life, mm. clearly just enjoying the shit out of being a bad guy, um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's it's a it's a very fun little romp. I personally think it's the best movie that DC's done since I mean probably in like ten years. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, like I think hey, that's just fair, yeah. as a as a like, I can't think of a better one. Yeah. yeah, because it's just fun. What I like about it is that it's a movie where um, it's kind of stupid in the sense that a lot of it's very lowbrow, but it doesn't think that the audience is stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's, it's like cute. the characters can be dumb and the things they do can be dumb, but you as the viewer are like, you're not dumb. You get what's going on. You can follow this. <laughs> My and favorite really part was when the hyena winked at the camera and said, you get it. <laughs> that was my favorite part is it the part where we say our favorite part because that was mine yeah 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 that was yeah that was you, you beat boxes that part where the hyena <laughs> winked at the camera yeah the, hyena <laughs> at the camera and winked david's and said, beatbox should now just be like made up scenes that you wish were in the movie um but like very short moments and it's always a character looking to the camera and winking and saying something and saying you get it you get it's it. always that in you particular. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, good. Every Ter- every Terrence Malick movie would be so different if at some point a character <laughs> just stopped and looked at the camera. The sun, right you before it. it was about to set to be magic hour, looked at the camera, <laughs> winked, and said, <laughs> you get it. Mother. Father. You get it. <laughs> uh, anyway... So we're going to talk about Birds of Prey through some randomly generated critical context. Oh, yeah. Anything we want to say before we get started? Besides hi. I'm more like birds of yay, because I'm happy yeah. that it's going to be here. Words of yay is what I'm going to say about this movie. Ooh, Turns birds of yay is, is what I'm going to poop after I eat oatmeal. <laughs> I'm done. Let's go. All right. First context, believe it or not, for Birds of Prey, feminist theory. Oh, wow. Boys, we're going to talk about ladies. (laughs) This one is feminist theory. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Next. One One for each feminist. Move on. (laughs) Good. Um, Uh, So Birds of Prey is one thing that I find interesting is that within feminist film studies, there is a longstanding uh, question about, like, to what extent uh, feminism can be represented as girls fight good, mm-hmm. like, and that means that means feminism. And it's like this movie has girls fight good, and that's feminism. But what I would say sets it apart from a lot of other films uh, in that sort of oeuvre is one the sheer number of women uh, characters who have completely distinctive personalities who have different motivations and different uh, histories and goals, different positions of power uh, and influence and authority, different positions on the sides of the law. Yeah. Um, Different like roles within the plot too. Like, yeah, like villain side uh, with like non villain, non hero, like all of them are kind of on weird spectrums with each other. And so I think, I think that point is very, very good. Yeah, the character relationships end up speaking more to the plot of the film than of any of the individuals' like character arcs, mm-hmm. um, like how they bounce off of each other and uh, intersect with each other and stuff is the is the movie, and yeah, so true. it's kind of it's it's kind of more like um, it it's a bit more of a holistic approach to a feminist. Uh, action movie i would say uh, that if, the first word that comes to mind when somebody says hey what'd you think of birds of prey is holistic 
<laughs> Very much an herbal remedy for the soul. <laughs> that is the thing about fuck holistic medicine for taking the word holistic. Yeah. yeah. For yeah, a lot of that's reasons. the only reason. I was going to say, the back. only reason is to Otherwise, fuck big fan, medicine. sign me up. Otherwise, mm, <laughs> give me those herbs. Uh, or like when I went to an actual an actual medical doctor in Washington, D.C., uh, and walked past their multiple signs about healing crystals uh, to talk about getting some allergy medications for them to oh. tell me that I should just be ingesting bee pollen. Oh, yeah. And that would that would cure my allergies. To bees? So, to, yeah, I guess. Because that's true. No. Exposure therapy is real. Everyone's allergic to, stores, to swords until they get stabbed. I mean, I mean, pollen. Pollen was is the allergy in question, but hmm. everyone is allergic to swords until they get stabbed. Print it. Or is being stabbed the ultimate allergic reaction to swords? Oh, yeah, you're right. Die. Well, more dying from it. I think I have an allergy to you know guns, swords, bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> injury. The more blood I lose, the more allergy injuries. response I have. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> allergic to injuries. I guess if you think about being alive as a as a non-allergenic response, I don't know. This is a, this is a slippery slope, I think, and I don't gotten, think the thing is. It's gotten a little. It's gotten a little. Being past. alive is killing me slowly, so I'm allergic to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, man, I'm allergic to the fucking air. Yeah, brah. Because I'm fucking dying over here. Okay, so feminism. Feminist theory. <laughs> I've never actually seen the fountain. That's all he says. I'm to. fucking dying. He just says that yeah. in the whole movie, and Rachel Weiss has to I think save that him. Might be the only Darren Aronofsky, uh, Darren Aronofsky movie I haven't seen. Wow. Which one? Sorry, The Fountain. The Fountain. Yeah, I think I've seen all you of that. You know, as a kid, weird. I was too dumb. You know to... what that is? That's a glaring that? Aronofsky. Oh my god. That's... <sighs> so feminist theory. <laughs> Yep. In Birds of Prey. No, genuinely, that's one of the better <laughs> puns I've ever heard. Because you you managed to use both words, like both names. It's fucking impressive, man. I'm just going to, you know what? You know what, David? Inst- this is my new thing. Oh, no. Instead of no. like, instead of immediately pivoting to something else, I'm going to spend way too yeah. long dissecting Still. why that was a great joke. That's a really good comeback, actually. If somebody's <laughs> like, zing, and then you're like, oh, fuck you. You're like, wait, we're going to focus on it for a really long time. That's a nice. Because you got me good. We're going to call so much attention to what just happened that it's going to be insufferable. Oh, oh, good. I'm getting a time limit. Oh, that's what? awesome. Notice. We have 10 minutes. Okay. Well, if it stops, then we'll uh, then we'll redo it. I remember that happening and then it saying, hey, keep going last time. So yeah. who knows? Maybe it'll be fine. I think maybe because we've got a three-way call going so that I could do the Oh, uh, yeah, but we video. had it last time, and it was okay. Right. Maybe it was close yeah. enough to the holidays that it didn't matter, because they did. <laughs> They're like, well, it's Christmas time. They did. You could, no, I think they did, yeah. Oh, did they really? Yeah. I didn't fucking know that. They were like, uh, from like the 21st to January 4th or whatever, they were like, families can have calls for as long as they want. So maybe they thought we were a family. Anyway, feminist theory. All right. We've been off track for so long. Yeah. Too many Let's good get jokes. back on it. Too many good jokes. So, feminist theory and birds of prey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the, I the mean, point that you made is one of the central ones. Yeah. And, and I think I like that there there is some Charlie's Angels-ing a little bit. 
in the movie where it's like you can tell it's it's hard to describe exactly what it is but i think you you will both be able to help me flesh this out like the idea of a movie having a scene where women are being strong and the message that you are supposed to see especially when women are being violently strong is look women can be violently strong too ta-da <laughs> and and then they they turn to the camera and they say you get it you know it's not it's not <laughs> and i feel like that, that classic that did happen a little but like that was not the central point of any yeah. of the action scenes right in right. in as far as i could feel them like you know except for that like where all that stuff that Chris was saying kind of culminates in them fighting together and working together mm-hmm. for like the same cause and the same goal, uh, trying to protect the girl. Yep, and I think Sionis um, especially he says "men of Gotham" in that last speech, and he ooh. like they it kind of is sort of like an, a subtle feminist thing throughout the movie where it's like these guys are just toxic assholes, like all yeah. of them, and they deal with uh, sexism in the workplace. Yeah, with, with Rosa uh, or Rosie. Yep, mm-hmm. with Rosie. Yeah. Rosie with Rosie Perez's character. Yep, uh, they deal with uh, sexism, like her uh, Black Canary's position at the club, and like sort of the infantilizing way mm. that Black Mass mm-hmm. talks to and about her. Totally. Uh, yeah. There's, there's of course the whole, the entire crux of the movie basically being about how as soon as Harley Quinn is no longer associated with the Joker, mm-hmm. she suddenly becomes like. <laughs> someone who doesn't deserve to live yeah. like it's like her right. her entire existence is predicated on the fact that she's with the joker and as soon as that's over with she becomes just another like body that they could lay out which is why i and love that the title includes the word emancipation yeah that's yes. that's such a vivid word to use for what this movie is and i think it's what's one of the things that sets it apart so much from like that that classic girl power trope and that's not to say that those things are bad yeah. but just that like that there's kind of like a lazy shorthand to feminism in hollywood for a lot of films i think mm-hmm. joss whedon exemplifies this mm-hmm. in most of his work and i say this as someone who has been a fan of joss whedon's work in the past and who you know has discovered things about him that i you know anyway <laughs> revisiting revisiting his things through this through, like having learned more about sort of feminist theory in film that he does he leans really heavily on this girl can fight therefore this is feminist um mm-hmm. and he sort of led the charge on that for a lot of things so the fact that they're kind of moving beyond that um yeah. and and going coming at it from different angles and i mean it's the director is a woman. Uh, I believe the head writer was a woman. Um, it's a it, it it's a representational film mm-hmm. in that way too. Yeah. Uh, and and when we talk about feminism, we always talk about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a dudes. lot of that. In this yeah, movie. that a lot of gets that addressed for one. sure in this. Whew. Oh man, some of the creepiest possible examples of it. Yeah. Man, uh, uh, but also, um, yeah, I mean, just. I mean, everything that Black Mass does, when he has that woman, like, get up on the table in his club, that one, and, like, start screaming at her. That was, like, I, see, I remember that being at the beginning of the movie, but it wasn't. It was, like, midway, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Because that really just, that felt like a scene to sort of help drive the nail home. For, like, look what kind of a person this person is, but also viewers 
with the lady on the table turned to the viewers in the middle of the of the scene and winked and said you get it is like mm-hmm. viewers <laughs> this is what he's representing in this movie too it's not just that yeah. yes look like roman's a bad guy it's roman's he peels faces kind off of we get <laughs> Well, like, yeah, that's the other thing is like him ordering people's faces peeled off and stuff. He's almost like cartoonishly evil to the point Mm. where you as an audience member and he's so flamboyantly just like all over the place. I mean, Mm. Ewan McGregor, he's having the time of his life and I'm I'm here for it every fucking second. But (laughs) when he gets to that moment in the club, you get to see it's like, oh, no, it's like here's a very real world like you could see someone doing this because it's not impossible yeah. it's with someone with power could do this and it's awful there's no background music during that scene yeah besides the music that's playing in the club which i think actually the music i think stops. I, I think it does i think you're right um which because i remember thinking like what is she supposed to dance to <laughs> like, yes, as a weird right. sort of like intrusive thought in that process i was like why do you want her to dance like there's no music but and for a scene wherein a villain is sort of like forcefully stripping a woman or like forcing someone to yeah. take her clothes off. Mm-hmm. There's never that male gaze moment of like oh God, no, yeah. looking at her body and, and like trying to see things from his perspective, that kind yeah. of thing. Like there's never a moment of that. It's always, there's enough distance where you feel the discomfort. You feel that like we're witnessing something as a bystander that we wish we could stop, but we can't. Yes, uh, yes. And that's, which, that's, which that's goes, a powerful feeling. I think I think you made a good point in bringing up the male gaze in that particular scene because we can hold that alongside pretty much every slasher movie ever made and be like, mm-hmm. look how these are different. Like, yeah. look at how this person is in danger and how it is being portrayed in a slasher movie versus even ones being made now, like in 2020 and 21, because we're in that year now. And or, it's, you know, I keep forgetting it too. I keep yeah, forgetting. Who knows? Who knows when or where we are? But that scene really, I think, I think that's a great point. It is about the discomfort and the fear, and all of the shots are portraying that. Not, oh look though, it's a sexy lady for the for the <laughs> like the previews. Oh fun! Like, <laughs> yeah, not nothing, nothing, none of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's a very good moment to pick out. I think to make that point. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about feminist theory as it relates to Birds of Prey? You know, I think... What's that? I think, uh, I, think I want to put one more little Lego brick on top of, the, of your first point mm-hmm. about look at the spectrums and diversities of people in this. I like that there is so much disagreement that the women do not become a moral monolith ever. Like mm-hmm. not at any yeah. point do they go, but we're all ladies, right? Woo, margarita time, ladies. Like that doesn't happen. It I mean they do technically all get margaritas yeah, at one point. But, then <laughs> but Harley Quinn steals a fucking car and makes them angry. Like it's just it is, like even then they can't have a victory completely so true. as a monolith. And I think that's kind of awesome. They so oh, yeah. man. I just remembered that at that moment, uh Huntress like starts laughing because she thinks it's supposed to be funny and then she realizes no one else is laughing and just that moment of every time Mary Elizabeth Winstead has a moment like that in this movie it's so fucking funny She's to me perfect. love it it's just what a great choice to make her like both the most badass killer in the movie and also the most socially awkward I know kid. it's so nice it's so nice um so alright let's do another context guys I love that so
What if it was set in a high school? Ooh. Hey guys, what if Birds of Prey was set in a high oh, school? Oh shit, man! No, no, no! It, it works. It works. Here's why. Does it? Here's the no, first part of it working. I think I'll, we have to de. Uh, I almost said demystify. We have to downsize a lot of the violence into like kind of parking lot fights or mm-hmm. like maybe West Side Story level fights, but there is actual death in there too. But like, I think the thing that works for me in my brain about it being set in a high school is when you're when you're in with your boyfriend's people, it's all cool, and you're like you're buds <laughs> with everybody, but then. All of a sudden, like, maybe you even do some shitty stuff, but, like, your boyfriend's the coolest guy. So everybody respects you and they leave you alone. Then all of a sudden you break up and they're like, all right, I can fucking get back at Harley Quinn. So they start leaving nasty messages in your locker. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, you know what I mean? They don't sit, right, they so don't sit with you at the lunch table anymore. So, like, they send social assassins after her is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, every yeah, yeah. every act of violence in... They put out a social bounty on her head. <laughs> a social bounty, exactly. This is the rich vein from which we can pull. I like this. I like and this. And then Black Mask is a kid that got expelled from private school, so he had to go to public school. Ooh. Yeah, and, and now, he's he's like, now he's just <laughs> trying to run. He's, like, think he's big for his britches. He's running the school, man. It's his school now. <laughs> Uh, and Rosie so Perez, of course, peels? would then be like a teacher, probably. Um, I'm Wait, sorry. Okay, yeah, hold I just on, heard I gotta you say he yeah. peels, uh-huh. and after the discussion yes. about so, I'm curious where this is going. So he peels people's faces off, right? <laughs> that part that wasn't going to change. <laughs> he still peels people's faces right off, but the rest of it is social. But that part's still in it, where he just yeah. rips them. <laughs> so he's still Rips. friends with Victor's ass. Yeah, he yeah. still cuts people's faces off. Totally. <laughs> Otherwise, completely different. Zaz and this is just that kid that always writes on himself with pen. Yes. Oh, oh. no, it's so true. No. Wow. Wow, that is one for one. Like, I think that might have actually been the character direction that was given. Like, be that kid that always writes on himself in pen, but grown up. Like, that's yep. it. Yeah. Wow. God, the way he plays it, too. So, uh, so creepy. So creepy. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Pretty um, nasty. Pretty nasty. Um, okay. 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 So, so we're following Harley Quinn. Yeah. High school student. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, who, I mean, she's a juggalette. You know, we, we can't, we can't hold every, you know, not everything's going to work out in this movie is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not everything goes great when it goes to high school. Ooh. That, that's um, a hot take, but I think you're right. Uh, Black Canary is like a choir kid. Ooh, a choir kid. Maybe like the the teacher's pet, like soloist choir kid too, like the one that Maybe. always gets the solos and because so gifted, but can't really branch out slash spread her wings beyond choir because uh, because of control because the choir teacher is like you need to spend hours practicing my pieces well and she's following in her mom's footsteps maybe her mom mm, parents are was like maybe her mom was a choir teacher I don't know <laughs> ooh okay okay no that's something huh. uh, I think Rosie Perez would be a, a, a school administrator who should be the principal but has just been passed up for promotion so many times that she's just like a department head or something or like even like yeah like an assistant principal but like low tier assistant principal kind of level 
Yeah. And um, super bitter about it, of course. Just super bitter yeah, about yeah, it. Wow. And understandably so. Yeah. Understandably so. What what is what is it like to be an assistant principal? <laughs> I ask oh, two people that definitely know what it's like to be an assistant. <laughs> well, in my experience, <laughs> I mean, what kinds of things? Because, like, going from a detective to an assistant principal is a very different job. So, like, what are some. Is it? Well, maybe not. See, that's why I'm asking. Maybe it's almost exactly the same thing. Well, they're the ones that usually take the. Uh disciplinary meetings like when kids get sent to the office okay okay so and so is she like super tired of that she's like i keep getting given these shitty cases slash these kids that i just have to like have meetings with all day long i'm above this i could run this school way better and you won't let me she like has to supervise the detention (laughs) Mm. which just got to be the most boring job in the universe you're not even doing anything you're just making sure nobody does anything it's like the most worst it's the most worst it is the most worst. Absolutely. Huh. Uh, Huntress. <laughs> I'm, curious, I'm trying to figure out where Huntress fits into this. For some She's reason, very unassuming, but... Yeah, she is. But I think there's... Here, here it is. Huntress was kind of like a myth a little bit in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think what it is, <laughs> is that... Um, what is it? Helena? Helena? What's her, I don't remember what her, her actual her, name is. It's something. It's spelled Helena or Helena Bertinelli, but I don't. Yeah, I think it's Helena. Yeah, I think now that I say it out loud. But anyway, Huntress. We'll call her Huntress. Huntress is uh is like <laughs> the crossbow killer. A super shy person, and mm-hmm. everybody has these myths about. <laughs> I like this. How what she does in, her, in when she goes home, like nobody's ever seen her parents. Nobody's ever seen her house. She's never had a birthday party. Nobody knows. And like one time somebody tried to follow her home on the bus and just saw her like practicicing with a crossbow in the woods on a tree and was like, "What the fuck?" Like, and that's yeah, all anybody she, knows about. Maybe she's from like a prepper family. Like yeah, she's like yes, there you go. She's being she's learning all these wilderness skills, how to fight. Yes. A oh man. She would get in trouble for taking a crossbow to school for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, and, or maybe that's what it was. She brought a crossbow to school once by accident because mm-hmm. it, it was just in her bag for some reason. That's a hard thing to bring to school by accident, but you know what? I mean, she's got a pretty little crossbow. It's pretty small. Yeah, and a pretty big back. She's got it in one hand. I mean, one-handed crossbow, pretty tiny, pretty pretty you could teeny forget tiny. that in your big big backpack. You could forget that in your big big backpack. <laughs> You could forget that in your big, big yeah, backpack. That's the um, that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> um, who who uh, okay. else is in this movie? Are there? What about well, the, what about Cassandra the kid? Kane. Yeah, what about Cassandra yeah. Kane? This is this is a question I have because she seems to be high school age already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But would, classman. I was gonna say, are we are we mm. aging her down to to correlate? <laughs> I was guessing she's like an elementary school yeah. student. Yes, I think we have to. And she's stealing like uh, trophies from the high school, like trophy case from their sports or something. Like, what's valuable to high school? I don't know. There's like some oh, kind man. of senior what mentor program for kindergarten. Maybe it's a class ring. Oh, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like okay. a really fucking expensive class <laughs> ring. <laughs> that I guess. Yeah, it doesn't really correlate um, very well. It's got secret codes in it. And yeah, shit. secret codes in it and shit. 
I do like that. It's got the answers to the from finals. Like, not from the school, though, but being from a different, like an elementary wing of yeah. this high school. I think. Or like we had a we had a middle school attached to our high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Maybe she's she's like a sixth grader in that middle school, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But she's like a hustler. She's like she's like out there like robbing fools. She's very <laughs> she's still a very good pickpocket. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. she actually like sneaks into the high school. Maybe she's a little bit more into um, disguises than pickpocketing and like just Ooh. goes to classes and like dresses up as people and like steals their shit. <laughs> like, or like she's one of those really smart. Oh, she's one of those really smart kids who skipped a bunch of grades. Ooh. And now she's in high school. <laughs> okay. With the rest of them. Cause she is clearly, but she doesn't like, want them yeah. to know that she's that young. I like that. You know, that's that, the secret. That, that's the social that, secret. <laughs> <laughs> so she never stole anything valuable. She stole status <laughs> by being smart. She's s- stolen high school valor. <laughs> wow, that's good. That makes this movie way better, I think. <laughs> I mean, you taste her, you taste her your own, my friend. They are very refined, and they are my own. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. What else about like if we were to set this in the high school? Mm-hmm. Do we have any teachers? Any? Oh yeah. Anyone? No. No. There's no. There's no teachers. This is no, no. There's one there's in, one no teacher. One it's there's one teacher in the whole the one room schoolhouse, and it's the guy who owns the <laughs> restaurant that she lives over. Oh <laughs> yes. That guy's the teacher. What was his name? <laughs> oh. Mister no. Restaurant. Mr. Restaurant. We haven't. Yeah, that's it's, it. it. This is where we reveal to the listeners we haven't watched this in a few weeks. <laughs> that guy, Mr. Restaurant. There's somebody uh, credited as irate shopkeeper, but that's not him. <laughs> that's good. That's a that's actually my website for uh, when I talk about like which people at the cash register are nice and bad. Is iratesshopkeeper.com. Uh, <laughs> you're breaking apart words a lot today. I like it. Yeah, that's right. See, what I like about it is that you took this <laughs> one thing that he <laughs> said. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good i love that bit um all right all right all right do we want to do we want to move on to another context i think, I think so. okay if this were set in a high school it would have to be there would be social assassinations there would be uh-huh. all these different yeah. character motivations yeah. we didn't really figure out what a plot would be if we're taking it out of this but honestly that's, okay. that's not our sometimes job sometimes yeah. we do and we don't talk any about the rest of the stuff so that's not exactly. our job <laughs> To all the content. Gamification. Make up a game based on this movie. Now. Gamification. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw some lines in the sand. Mm-hmm. It can't just be like an action style video game. There are enough of those in the Batman franchise, and we all know that a a, a video game based on this movie with the fight scenes in this movie and that stuff could be mm-hmm. very fun. Yeah, be cool. Mm-hmm. But let's see if we can let's see if we can try something a little mm-hmm. bit more. A little bit more out there. See if we can come up with something a little bit more, a bit more jazzy. Yeah, a little bit more jazzy. I think my first thought: always board game. Love a board game. <laughs> so it's like, uh, have either of you ever played Scotland Yard? No. No. Okay. Dang. <laughs> well, that's too bad. <laughs> Either of you have any ideas? 
<laughs> you gotta assume that our listeners probably haven't either. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of why I asked them. It's hard to tell sometimes. Here's my little aside. This is called the David Corner, where I just talk about my childhood. It's hard to know Aww. what parts of your childhood are. Yeah, every family did that. And <laughs> no, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's really hard to tell, especially as a half homeschooled man. It's just you don't you don't know you just don't know. <laughs> so Scotland Yard is the kind of game where somebody plays Mister X, and he like is hidden. He's well, like from Resident Evil Two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a role playing game, and everybody sits around and one of you has to play that. Uh, where like his piece isn't on the board, so like Monopoly, except no one can see where the dog is, and he moves in Ooh. secret, and sometimes pops up, and you're all trying to find him. So I think it's kind of like that, except. With a diamond, I think it's called like hide the diamond, and mm. and it's uh it's a way of maybe there's like two teams maybe you you do the black mask team and you do the birds of prey team and you're both trying to find it and pass it around and you can make mm-hmm. fake diamonds or you can make diversions and I think that part of the mechanics that we can maybe you know iron out a little is how we decide like does the diamond ever actually show up. How do you win? Does this yeah. sound fun? Yeah, like maybe there's some kind of it's like a I like the idea of it being the sort of thing where maybe they, maybe on the board you're trying to get the diamond from one particular place to like the center of the board or to mm-hmm. some spot like a space to win on. Right. And along the way, no one knows exactly who has the diamond. Yes. Um, but they get maybe clues. Uh, as they go along and, and like if a player lands on top of the player who has the diamond they like roll and whoever gets the higher number like they have the diamond now sure. and or you have like one like kind of like in mafia you have like one burn thing where you can be like i want to dig through this person's pockets when i roll on mm-hmm. their square or something like all right mm-hmm. i'm gonna confront <laughs> them about having it as the game goes along, people who have had the diamond will be like, well, I know I had it, and I know that person took it yeah, from me. And they can yeah. start sharing that information. Right. And sort of like <laughs> the picture of this diamond traveling from player to player uh, kind of just starts to emerge. Mm. Um, that could be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, sure. You know, I think it might actually work better as an Among Us-style video game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, like, yeah, with an imposter. Yeah, sort of with imposters and people like being able to have the diamond, have fake diamond, accuse each other of things, <laughs> etc. And if everybody's yeah. right about where the diamond is, they win, and if they're wrong, they don't. You know that sort of thing. I think it. I think that mm-hmm. would work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun. Yeah. DC yeah. make that money. <laughs> DC make. Uh, <laughs> well, they're bl- they're spending it all on the Snyder cut. Oh, excuse me the Snyder verse yeah please mm. yucky 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 yeah. um I want a browser game where you play as Harley Quinn and you just try to dodge obstacles while getting your egg sandwich home <laughs> just like an old flash game yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> yes it's like the kind of game <laughs> that you find great. on the it's like an endless runner <laughs> Ooh, like the back of a cereal box yeah, <laughs> like, I'm so it's like a my, maze. My Harley Quinn snacks, and I'm looking yep. at the back, and there's a maze, and then it says like, "Hey, go to honeynutcheerios.com/slash/harleyquinn to learn more about her adventures." And there's a like really shitty flash game that you play where she has to jump yeah, over yeah. all this stuff. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd play that. Yeah, I'd play that for sure. Yeah. Wow, especially if the 
the end result is you get a, one of those fucking egg sandwiches because it looks so good. Oh my god! Seriously, <laughs> that's the most sensual thing in any movie. Is that egg sandwich? <laughs> what if it was Crazy Taxi, but with egg sandwiches? <laughs> you couldn't drive so crazy that you spilled a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. I, don't know. I, I think it would be more like Grand Theft Auto, but with egg sandwich. <laughs> sure, that actually. Hold on, we're going to talk for ten minutes about this. <laughs> the good thing uh, is we ever... this up this has never come up before, and we really need to hash this. Did, did we ever confront on the show that I figured out where my mistake was? Because there were two. Different oh, I don't know, Simpsons but it's time games. to become accountable, Christian. In front of God and everyone, tell us where your mistakes came from. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's one that was a crazy taxi knockoff and one that was a GTA knockoff. And their titles, I got them mixed up. So when we were having that argument, I was being very insistent, oh. and he was very much correct. Bond, I apologize <laughs> to right. you. I'm glad that we could finally air that out. I think everybody yes. probably feels good. I feel great. I think the listeners think have been probably just been like biting their nails waiting for this. <laughs> right. Every time they tune in, they're like, it's... I'm tense. I feel like there's unresolved stuff going on. When is he going to mistake? <laughs> and now they can pass on to the next the next universe. Yeah, finally, those the next ghosts plane of existence. can move yeah, on. All these ghosts who've been waiting for yeah. us to resolve this before they can pass on. Business. Man, that is the most 2021 unfinished business there is. So this one podcast, they said this thing, and they never apologized for it. And all I want is for them to just say they were wrong. Wow. Anyway. Uh, for listeners, there was an argument about whether a Simpsons game was based more on Crazy Taxi or Grand Theft Auto. That's the entirety yeah. of the story, yeah. really. So yeah. what if Simpsons Road Rage was more like, or ma- rather... What if Harley Quinn was made into a video game, which was kind of like Simpsons Road Rage a little bit? There's a lot of because there's Simpsons Hit and Run yeah. and Road Rage. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, we can understand. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! All right, all right, all right, but all right, really, all right, like, all right. I do like all any and all. Bon, I'm so thankful that you brought up the sandwich because I think the sandwich is key to exploring lots of video game types. <laughs> like maybe it's a delivery thing because there's a lot of games that have yeah. used that loop over and over like you go somewhere you get somebody a sandwich you bring it there etc uh, or it's like uh, Overcooked is that the one where you have to throw <laughs> ingredients and it's multiplayer yep. Uh, yep and maybe it's sort and it of always like, causes me a huge stress <laughs> a, like yes. stress uh, uh, attack it's like having a job but like a game for some reason but, <laughs> but maybe like it's so that. much faster i like anyway. it when indie games especially are able to kind of combine genres and i think mm-hmm. what if we could combine overcooked and like gta <laughs> <laughs> or just any kind of adventure <laughs> rpg-esque there's a there's a plot to it where you're going from place to place Trying yeah, to. I could see like a, I could also see like a JRPG version of this because it's Ooh. sort of Harley is sort of accumulating party members. Yeah, uh, mm. and it's when they're all together that they're able to to fight the big fights, or even maybe in like a roguelike way because I, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, or are what's the example that I'm really thinking? Super hot, like a roguelike oh. super hot because. The fight scenes, the choreography, all of that, and the fact that they all have these different powers and abilities or specialties uh, throughout the final conflict, it's so cinematic and so cool looking. 
but they're also so weird dysfunctional that you're like I bet you this probably this might not have worked out like it's they're, they're like a thin ice and I just like yeah. to imagine that you as the player are playing through trying to like master the perfect fight sequence mm, with these characters I love that and, and so it's more like almost like a like a rhythm puzzle kind of thing like wow. you and each character has like a different kind of thing that they have to do and you have to and you yes. can time them in whichever way you want like they can all be doing different things and different like parts of it but huh. they they all have the same uh, attacks that they can do depending on anyway but wow. yeah and so uh, each time you get a little bit closer to it being perfect uh, and then I don't know maybe maybe the player can decide when it's ready maybe the Ooh. player is like like <laughs> this is the, like let's just go out and see how it goes like <laughs> muscle up here we go yeah I love that I like the idea like pitch me the idea of super hot but a roguelike and like mm-hmm. that's great and then the idea that it's somehow like a coordinated dance fight thing, like hell yeah, <laughs> what do you because because like it would like especially with Super Hot, Super Hot's the the joy of that game is when it works out and you're just like feel so fucking mm-hmm. cool, but then they show the replay and they just put Super Hot over it like it like the big letters <laughs> and it's like I just want to watch myself be cool, please. Anyway, <laughs> too bad you're gonna watch yourself be super hot. <laughs> this is very inside baseball, uh, or excuse me, inside super hot. Um, yeah. Talk. But anyway, in this game, we're gonna fix that. In this game, we're gonna, we're gonna fix that. No more big letters <laughs> on the screen. We're gonna disrupt super hot. Disrupt super hot. <laughs> the super hot space. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah okay. Uh, no, I, but I think I think anything that approaches the extreme coordination actually pays respect to like the heart of a lot of these this film's fight scenes because it isn't just that they're cool it's not just that like actions happening it's that the ways that they find that are creative to work together are what make the fight scenes interesting so Mm -hmm. so i like i like that i think that's that's my winner so far because we always declare a winner we put a crown upon the one yeah it's a game within the gamification conversation Mm -hmm. uh one thing that I love about this movie the most is the way that they they are so good at uh, setting up and paying off different story beats. And the one that always springs to mind is the guy with the clown tattoo on his face who, who tries to kill her, and then and then he gets shot by the crossbow killer. Yeah. And then you find out later in a flashback that he was one of the people who was there to murder her family. And it's like, oh, so there was a whole point to that. Like, yeah. I think the only story beat in the movie that doesn't have a payoff is the guy who throws the bomb at uh at her apartment and blows it up and it just says like no idea what the fuck this guy's deal is or like who this guy is yeah uh and they never really do come back to that but also it's kind of like the joke that was yeah that that... you don't know who the fuck that guy is <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there had to be one where it's just like i actually don't know who that guy is. <laughs> so in the style of like what 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 could be it? I'm trying. To, I was hoping I could walk myself into or talk myself mm. into having an idea that involves setting up and paying things off, or like connecting story dots in a way like that. I mean, oh, it would be kind of like Return of the Obra Dinn, ooh, where 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 you get to see your. Oh my God! Here it is. Here it is. Rosie Perez's character, yep. I, Detective Montoya. 
<laughs> you are tracking the murders of the crossbow killer yeah. and trying to piece together who these people are, what, why they were killed, how these connections are all happening in a very much the same way as uh, Lucas Pope's indie, indie uh, mystery insurance sale, like insurance <laughs> adjuster game, Return uh-huh. of the Obra Dinn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. But so so it's more like a detective kind of kind of game mm-hmm. uh, with with clues and things like that, and it, it, a lot of like logic puzzles and stuff. And maybe it's like hard to find the answers for a long stretch. Like you don't really know how everything connects uh, until like like mm-hmm. a good mystery it unfolds yeah. that way. But you experience it from her perspective as the detective. Perspective as the detective. I like that. Yep. I think that's an interesting way to go about gamifying what we have said is a movie that is like super connected to itself. Like there really mm-hmm. aren't little threads that just go off to the side and go away. It's all like, it's all this big spider web. There aren't mm-hmm. just one note characters, even, even like the, the shopkeeper guy who she lives above. Like I, I didn't expect him to like be involved in any other scene, maybe like one at the end. And then he was like pivotal in some ways. And like. It's that sort mm-hmm. of stuff where I think it would, it's a very different style. Like if you say, oh, I liked Harley Quinn. Oh, there was a game based on it. Let me play it. It's like so <laughs> different from, well, from I think the, the feel of the movie. It could lean in a little bit thematically to the movie because one thing you can say about Birds of Prey is every everyone has a story. Like every character is a person in this movie. Mm. There are very few characters who have actual lines of dialogue where you're like they were completely expendable uh sure yeah you know you can at least see where these people have a history and a life that has led them to this moment and i think in a detective kind of story like that where you're piecing together things after a murder like you you're you're by necessity uh taking a look at a dead person being like who were you what kind of person were you what led to this happening um, and it sort of fleshes out uh, these characters a bit more. Wow, that's fun! Wow, that's fun! Yeah, it could be fun. I'd play it. I'd play it. I'd play it. Hey, I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Anything else we want? Any other game ideas? Hmm. 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 Maybe like poker. Mm. <laughs> Let's do another context. <laughs> All right, we have to explain Birds of Prey to aliens. Mm. Um, so, no, mm. no they don't this. deserve it. <laughs> you don't get this one, aliens. <laughs> we this one's the not DVD for you, aliens. <laughs> aliens, it's for us. Slap the hand away. <laughs> um, so, how do we explain Birds of Prey to aliens? Uh. How do you? Okay, okay. There's Hmm. so many fucking things because, like, the whole setup of her breaking up with her boyfriend, the Joker, (laughs) for an alien, and like her falling into the vat of liquids and becoming. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, that that might actually help. Like, when you think about (laughs) it, like maybe superheroes aren't that weird to aliens. Maybe they're like, yeah, we (laughs) we totally get that. We have those. 
Yeah, we understand goo. Yeah. It turns out they're from Krypton. Yeah, um. yeah precisely. <laughs> they are from the DC universe. It's actual Superman. He's like, hey, can you explain this movie to me? <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, no. So you know. You know. That is the, the loophole in this question, is if there are aliens <laughs> I, I've never universe, thought about it being super, it Superman before. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new context. Explain this movie to Superman. Explain this movie he to gets Superman. It. He can speak the language. He has the cultural references. He's just kind of slow about it, and he doesn't really get what the point is. And so you have to help him along. It's okay. Yeah. It's like, so you know how if you dumped Lois Lane, she'd be in immediate danger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but more fun. But way more fun than a movie about you would be. Like, so much more fun. Oh, so much fucking more fun. <laughs> Hey, it would be hard to be less fun than the movies about Superman <laughs> that they've any released movie in the last ten Superman years <laughs> ever been made. Yikes! Yep. Anyway, um, this is not about we. We can't take the easy road like we usually do. We're so lazy, <laughs> and we usually just explain the movie to Superman, but not this time. <laughs> this time, we're gonna do it the hard way. Tell everybody, <laughs> explaining this movie to Superman. <laughs> No, anyway. I, I think, I think the first thing that matters, like, it's almost the like you have to kind of like hand wave a lot of the stuff and just talk about like crime, like organized crime, mm. Mm-hmm. and like because that's really pivotal to talking about what this movie is. Mm. If if aliens right. are gonna understand what's going on and what protection from violence can mean. They need mm-hmm. to get that because if you don't get that, like the whole movie's premise doesn't make any sense. We don't need to know who the Joker is. We don't need to have yeah. a comics background. You just need to know that she was with somebody who offered that and it is now gone and she made a lot of enemies in the meantime. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind and- of extrapolate the rest from context. So I think we just tell aliens what crime is and then we're like, all right, let me go for it. <laughs> That's yeah. a really good point, especially because organized crime really does the power dynamics of this movie are almost entirely centered around organized crime with black mask, like Mm -hmm. trying to get the money from this diamond so that he can essentially own the criminal underworld of Gotham. He says, I think that he wants to own the city. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. in exactly those words, because he's a cartoon. Because he is, because he's a cartoon and it's delightful. Okay. So we ink circle that at the aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Crime. (laughs) We make the ink circle for crime, which is of course handcuffs and or a gun. (laughs) Hard to say. Maybe, uh, no, because every alien knows the the scales of justice. So we make the scales of justice and then we cross it out. <laughs> and then they, and they gasp. gasp. <laughs> and they, they're like, oh, I see now. And they make a sign for, oh, I see now. And then they get the movie. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. anything else yeah. about it that would be confusing? I, feel like I think the only thing at that point would be Montoya's involvement. Because if you explain Ooh. organized crime and their whole thing, you're like, but then why is she helping them? And you have to explain at that point that like the more powerful this particular person gets, the harder her job will be <laughs> because this person will be too powerful, mm. like have too much power and influence and money and wealth and too many guns and all that stuff yeah. to be actually taken down for his crimes. <laughs> uh, but like then teaming up with other criminals in order to stop that from happening just happens to be the only way this is going to yeah. work in this movie. Yeah, maybe like a it's a kind of a nice illustration of like the pragmatism of humans and the enemies mm-hmm. of our enemies being our friends for times. 
Uh, that's that's a thing that happens in pretty much everyone's life. Like you ally with people that both hate the same thing <laughs> enough, <laughs> and then you realize that you don't completely agree on everything, and like that's okay. But like that's that's a pretty common human experience. So mm-hmm. it, that doesn't really help aliens understand this movie necessarily, but it might help aliens understand humans after they've watched this movie. It's like <laughs> contextualize this movie for aliens. Is oh, imagine you're an alien and like you're trying to understand humanity and human interaction and just like <laughs> human life in general and you're like, watch Birds of Prey. <laughs> no. This is the movie that'll unlock the whole thing for you. I found you the key. View. It's that white powder that like she breathes in and starts like fighting people it's like nah like you can't have that alien you can't you don't have know what it'll do to you <laughs> that's for us we that's our that, thing and it's for us yeah. what do you call magic we call science <laughs> <laughs> but they're one in the same <laughs> oh no i do like that, uh, that uh we would be able to at least show aliens something because again <laughs> the context in which we are explaining this to aliens is always so absurd to me and I love it that we mm-hmm. sit them all down and we're like alright here we go here's a DVD I guess <laughs> here's another screening <laughs> because you asked for this <laughs> and then also wanted us to explain it to you after mm-hmm. you asked for it so okay fine aliens <laughs> I, I do like that this one can illustrate back to our first context tie in the loop so to speak can be like hey look like part of why this movie is powerful is because of the ways that it talks about our current gender and gender dynamics which is Mm -hmm. something that again like the pragmatism of humans is important more to explain to aliens based on this movie rather than although no i would say in order to deeply understand this movie you do have to know that going in you have to understand Mm -hmm gender as well because maybe they don't have it like that's a possibility yeah this always ends up being like what are the abstract concepts you would have to explain to an alien in order for them to fully figure out what the fuck this movie's about honestly i think organized crime was like oh yeah that unlocked it like that's that i think is the key to this whole thing because after that then it's just players involved Mm -hmm. in organized crime Mm -hmm. and just their parts in it i think how they move about it you can explain it that way yeah uh moment to moment but yeah the overall structure of an organized crime situation (laughs) would be the first and biggest hurdle i think to to explain to an alien but what if it's like jabba the hut and he just like gets it instantly (laughs) it's jabba wait we're explaining it to jabba the hut yes he's like jabba the hut's like solo what is this movie you know um Chava the Hutt always says Han Solo's name. Yeah. <laughs> They're part of his language. That's why he hates him so much. He's like, you represent an essential word in our language, and I hate that so much. <laughs> I don't even know it. Like a f- I don't even. I couldn't do a, a, a full Java the Hutt impression, but any time I do it, I always end it with Solo because yeah. it's just funny. It is just funny. I also appreciate that you used one of my favorite phrases to bring up in like getting to know you conversations. I usually ask getting people if they can do a full Jabba the Hutt impression. <laughs> Not just a Jabba the Hutt impression. Like, go all the way. Give me give me just the whole <laughs> bag. Give me your full Jabba. Don't you hold back any of that Jabba, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, speaking of organized crime, I do have a beatbox that I uh, almost forgot Ooh. to bring up. Sneaking it in right under the wire. 
Black Mask. Ra- Roman. I almost called him Ramon. Roman Sionis. <laughs> <Ramon>. <laughs> Not that. Uh, he, at the very beginning of the movie, his first scene, maybe even first line, he turns around uh, and says... It's not a party without a little drama, am I right? Turn it up. Shots on the house. And it's like, not a good line. (laughs) And his eyes, right after he says it, say vividly, am I sure I want to be in this movie? (laughs) And And then like a second after that, his eyes say like enthusiastically yes and the rest of the movie he's just like blazing it and he just eats every bit of scenery and he does such a good job but like he has i can see it in his soul this moment am i sure this is good like is this cool is this character gonna be fun and then he commits he hits it and i love that and then and I, for me, the moment that really cemented that this is one of my favorite Ewan McGregor performances is the snot bubble. Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. Snot oh, bubble? You. Oh. oh. Oh, God. I've changed my mind. You went off. <laughs> <laughs> so good. He really did. Scream, he really did. The scream he does when he flies off the pier. Yeah. <laughs> the little. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. Oh, so well God, done. Bravo. This movie's very funny. Bravo. This is a funny film. You yeah. are not wrong. This has got comedy in it. Mm, some joke. Feel good? I, Feel good? Uh, uh, great. Good. 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 Because it's time to end the show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Feels like we just started. Oh. Like, be like oh. you were just this big. Exactly. I was just this big, and now I'm this big. <laughs> Well, check out this beard that I am. <laughs> that is a direct, sense. direct translation of what Jabba the Hutt's first line is. In <laughs> or has Rocha solo? <laughs> check out this big that I am. <laughs> oh my God, folks! Thank you so much for listening. That was an episode of Contextual D, and so we did. Oh, it was. We t- but yeah, we did a whole bunch yeah. of context about Birds of Prey. Oh, what were they? Oh, oh well, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. Okay, well, we explained it to aliens oh, for Oh, that's thing. true. Yeah, we did, we did feminist theory. Mm. You're right. I think we talked about what it would be like at high school. Yeah. And we made up some games. Yeah. Holy shit. Hey, guys, we did it all in one go. Nice. Yeah. Wow. We are fucking on it tonight. It's <laughs> amazing. Mm. <laughs> Let none say that we were not at least that much on it. I will say that I was not. But <laughs> get up, guys. Get up, you two. Okay, you got me. You, you came all right us in with the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. We are we are like the three musketeers in that way. Uh, also, in that we're filled with nougat. Uh, Matthew, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> The the long sun. Uh. <laughs> no, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's already spent way too much time on Twitter. Um, yeah, Oofta. The last week. Uh, the depending on this comes be. out, in, are you putting out Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, what I've been doing with my time uh, is watching Cobra Kai. 
Uh, I, I heard I, I've heard a lot of uh, good things about it and I just didn't care because it was a YouTube exclusive and I'm like I'm just never gonna watch it because uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that <laughs> um, but now it's on Netflix and <laughs> now it's on Netflix so I figured I may as well check it out and it is basically just a uh, karate high school soap opera and it's I love it <laughs> that's a good combination of words so I, I get it yeah it's so dumb and it's the best hi Welcome to Karate High School. <laughs> soap That's all I need. Here's a soap opera set in your Karate High School. It's <laughs> delightful. Uh, but it's so good. They got like so much of the original cast of Karate Kid back. Mm. And it, 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 like every argument could just become a fist fight. And it's, it's wonderful. It's so, <laughs> it's so stupid. And like, I love do you it so mean much. it could like sometimes it does become a fist fight? Or oh every, yeah! Almost every argument <laughs> awesome. turns into a fist fight. Like it's That's the it's way. insane. It's so stupid. I love it. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Except with fighting instead of cards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. When you told me that, I said it was like Beyblades. <laughs> that's yeah. That's yeah. Very yeah. similar. <laughs> no, it really is, is good. It's it is like one of those like live action. It's like a live action version of like one of those animes mm. where it's like a high school drama, but there's just a bunch of action. Yeah, also. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, all the fighting that we did in high school, we all remember. Mm, yes, the fighting. <laughs> so much. Like the trouble. You probably had a lot of that at homeschool, right? So much fighting. I'm. I win. I won every time. Though I'll tell you that. Aww, just fine. me versus me. Hey man, that's yeah. That's everybody these days. Yeah, so it's my uh, <laughs> pop culture recommendation, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, David, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Sure. Hypotheticast.com is not the website of the show Hypotheticast. <laughs> Our website is hypotheticast.com. <laughs> Uh, it's the podcast that I do with Mike and Emily, and we make jokes and we talk about would you rather's and hypothetical stuff. You know, it's nice. Come get it. Mm-hmm, Hypotheticast.com. Mm-hmm. Just oh, kidding. Don't you dare go there. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if one were to go there? I think it's just broken. It used to lead to another show that was like very dead called Hypotheticast mm-hmm. that existed at one time, and now it's just like nothing's here. Mm-hmm. You want to buy this domain? And we've been like, we don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> people don't find podcasts by searching for them on websites anymore like by entering yeah. the podcast name.com <laughs> people aren't doing that they're just looking on apple or they're looking on their podcast app yeah mm-hmm. yeah for, for example if one were to go to like contextualdeviance.wordpress.com yeah. it wouldn't be weird because buying a url for this <laughs> podcast is a silly idea well, it is especially because i don't think anybody goes to the thing i want.com anymore to try to find that thing with the mm. with the presence of google you just have to type that word in there and it finds it for you baby mm-hmm. finds it for you baby robo detection or whatever the fuck it that finds it thing for was. your baby <laughs> <laughs> all Christian, right plug me oh Again, David? Jesus. Yeah, dude. I know we did it before the show, but I need to be plugged once more. <laughs> the dam's leaking. I you got in sleeping with other people. Um, well, folks, I am excited to announce that my best of 2020 playlist is up on Spotify. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ready to go. It's, it's 90 tracks this year. Didn't get to a full 100 because... 
2020 was the kind of year where it's like, mm, I'm going to listen to some comfort music <laughs> instead of trying anything new, because new is scary, and I can't handle scary right now. Uh, so for many months, I did not listen to any new music, and then I just sort of went on a flurry, got 90 tracks, put them in a listening order, so folks, if you want to mm. listen to it, no shuffle, it's 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 start to finish, it's a, like a five and a half hour long mixtape. Nice. Um, you can find that, uh, I... I tried to google my name and spotify and it popped it came right up hey. so the your, the results or it the results ah, okay. there was the, the top well the top result was my profile nice. on spotify. Hey, and then from there, there it's the newest that should be the top playlist on there but yeah so just check out look up christian hagen on spotify you'll find my best of 2020 playlist uh if you like it let me know i will say uh, i searched for your username on spotify audio suede and mm-hmm. it pretty much thinks that I actually mean audio slave, which I do yeah. not want to listen to. But when yeah. I scrolled down far enough, you were there. So okay. it, it, I brought it up. It just really thought I wanted to listen to audio slave, which yeah, I usually they, do. But it's, they stopped uh, emphasizing or they stopped really using usernames yeah. on Spotify once they like started letting you log in with Facebook and shit. Right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of annoying. But say la vie. Uh, <laughs> all right all right enough dicking around uh this has been contextual deviance uh, i'm christian this is matthew this is david we are friends <laughs> we Always. are friends and we made a podcast together <laughs> thank you for listening we hope you'll join us next time for a different movie where a computer will tell us what to do with that one um I think we have some ideas of what it's going to be, but I don't want to make any announcements in case we change our minds. Uh, in the meantime, uh, that leaves us with just one question. It's the all-important, all-encompassing question, the, the thing that's on everyone's lips this week, the only thing that anyone's talking about. David, did you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? The separated Yeti grades whatever technique. thank you for listening to contextual deviance you can find more information about us online at our website contextualdeviance.wordpress.com you can tweet at us at textdeviance you can email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com thanks to minneapolis's own the bad man for the use of their song gun tonic off the album ain't clean this has been contextual deviance my name is christian hagan and have a nice day have a nice day